That's why Clara Rockmore, the, the famous fairman and first female electronic music pioneer, really said playing the fairman is it's like tickling butterflies. It's incredibly <laughs> delicate. <laughs> Liz Sumner, and this is I Always Wanted To, the podcast where I interview people who are doing things that others long to do. What have you always wanted to try? Hi, everyone. I've been fascinated by the theremin since 1966, when I used to watch Dark Shadows every day after school. Then, of course, the iconic sound of the instrument and good vibrations took the theremin out of the scary movie realm and into popular music. In 1993, we saw Theremin, an electronic odyssey, in the theater, and I learned more about the instrument's origin as the first electronic instrument invented in 1920. That's also where I learned about the amazing Clara Rockmore, Theremin's first virtuoso performer. The idea of shaping sound in thin air with your hands intrigues me so much. I've never been patient enough to learn to play an instrument, but I'm drawn to the weirdness of a theremin. My guest, Dorit Chrysler, is a virtuoso herself and a teacher. She's been playing for 20 years and warns us that the theremin is difficult to learn. A lot of people start, then give up. In our conversation, Dorit describes her teaching approach and how to avoid some of the pitfalls that frustrate people so that they lose interest. I kicked myself a few years ago when I missed an opportunity to take a class with her locally. I learned about it too late. I sincerely hope I'll get another chance. Here's the interview. My guest today is Dorit Chrysler, an Austrian-born composer, producer, and singer. Dorit has been dubbed a superior wizard of the theremin. She is the co-founder of the New York Theremin Society and founder of the first school for theremin, Welcome, Dorit. Thanks for having me. So first of all, tell our listeners, what is a theremin? The theremin is the very first electric instrument that was um, created, invented by Leon Theremin in 1920. It is an instrument based on electromagnetic waves, and it has a very unique interface in comparison with traditional acoustic instruments insofar as that you play it without touching anything. You wave your hands in the air and your body alters the frequency as part of a system called heterodyning, and that's created. So it's a very direct 
mechanism of motion of your body to sound, motion to sound. And this based on the tiniest movements of your body. So it is very hard to play. And that's one of the many reasons perhaps why you've never heard of a theremin before. So different bodies would make different sounds then? That is a very interesting question. No, it is not that different bodies make different sounds. It is your body is acting as a conductor, conducive, the mass, the, the, the liquid of your body shortens the frequency. And what creates and influences the sound is whichever part of your body is the closest to the pitch and volume antenna. So it doesn't matter how your body is being shaped or, the, or the, the volume or mass of it, but whichever part of your body comes close and enters that electromagnetic field. Whew, okay, got a lot to learn. <laughs> so, so how did you become interested in it? I encountered the theremin in my years living in New York. I come originally from a classical music training back in Austria, and then I immigrated to New York to break with um, tradition, and I was playing in a rock band. And then a friend of mine had a theremin at his house. And because I also um, have studied musicology, I was immediately intrigued by this instrument that I, I, up to this point I had never heard about. And I was really surprised why this um, unique sound source is still somewhat in obscurity. It's something that's changed quite a bit. I mean, we're talking about 20 years ago when I first encountered it. So um, it, it, it felt um, an obligation, a duty to, to pay attention to this wonderful instrument and to also do whatever I could to help contribute having it get more attention. And also the instrument has a curse in so far that it's very easy to produce sound on it by, you know, just with your body close to the instrument, but that might not necessarily sound very musical. And because the instrument is so unestablished and there's no strong reference for it, really a lot of people don't take it serious as a music instrument. Yeah, so so going beyond the scary movie sounds and, and into actual music. Absolutely, yes. So how did you learn? Um, well, at the time, there were not really many sources, unlike today, where you can just go online and especially these days you can find online theremin classes and you can find people having developed their own techniques and tutorials that they're posting online. So you can find a lot of information which can be very good but also confusing. I had to be self-taught at that point because there was absolutely no other way to learn. And um, having studied classical instruments, um, you know, piano and flute for many years, it was very helpful in strategizing approaches in how to play or master the theremin, which is quite a challenge because, again, you don't touch anything, you have no reference, it's it's... It's very hard to control, but I also thought that was a beautiful challenge and opportunity to 
create my own style on this blank canvas. So I really enjoyed having that freedom to actually just experiment and find my own approach. And um, I'm telling students these days that it really depends on what your goal is with this instrument. And that's how you should approach playing and learning the theremin. So what are some of the things that you start with? What are the first steps that you teach your, your beginning students? I think most important there, everyone does need some help to just understand how different this instrument is from all the other instruments we know. So you have to just really rethink uh, or forget everything you know and open your mind. And it's beautiful because it puts someone that has studied instruments to someone that has never played an instrument pretty much in the same position. You're, you're completely at a loss. So it's very important to understand how the theremin works and how to position yourself correctly. And then there's this thing called calibration, which is also a very abstract concept. It, in a far sense, it is like uh, tuning a guitar but what you're actually really doing is um, you have two antennas on each theremin instrument. One is for the pitch and one is for the volume. And you have to calibrate each antenna. And what that means is you set the audible range for each of these antennas. And to know how to do that and to do it in the way that it allows you the biggest amount of control you know, in the best possible position, stable position. That is something that, um, you know, is, is hard to understand when you first start and that needs help. That's good when you get instructions for that. And then you can take it from there by just having, you know, it is really mental references to hold your body in the most stable way because even if you think you're not moving it already alters the pitch it responds to the slightest motion even breathing that's why Clara Rockmore the, the famous theremin and first female electronic music pioneer really said playing the theremin is it's like tickling butterflies it's incredibly <laughs> delicate so you really have to slow down and zoom in and understand that the slower you move the more musical it will sound so it's a it's a really philosophical you know complete big mental approach to to zoom into getting into the detail of this instrument that makes me guess that there are probably pieces of music that really would not be appropriate because you'd, you couldn't do fast notes. You would need to be mm -hmm. doing slower kinds of melodies. Well, not necessarily. Um, now, as the international theremin community is rapidly growing, there are certainly techniques where you can separate the notes clean and you can, you can perform, you know, as a reference classic melodies that have been notated for violin or cello. Uh, some theremin virtuosos, not many, they can get pretty fast with melody lines and play them exactly on pitch. So it is possible and there are techniques for it. The basic principle is that you constantly intonate. You're always in the air. You, there's no note set um, of where you're touching it to hit it. So you have to constantly search and intonate and, and 
develop a technique that allows you to do that very fast. And you can partly influence it with the volume um, and you can have a finger technique that approximately gets you to where the note is. But even with that, you still have to constantly intonate. And um, I always call it, it's as if you stand on one leg and you have to balance. So every note you have to kind of, you know, you're standing on top of a stair and you balance. So with every note, so the faster you can do that, the faster you can play melodies. The question is also, how does a theremin really fully bring out the, the, its full potential? What can it do best? I, I personally think if you're kind of chasing pitches in a very fast succinction on this theremin, it's kind of like acrobatics or sports, and you lose a lot of the musical quality that this instrument specifically offers because for me, of all the electronic, especially, yeah, specifically electric instruments, none of them has the potential of dynamic range like the theremin that really brings it very close to acoustic instruments or the voice because it is so physical. It is your body being really the instrument. So it has a very organic quality, yet being electric. And that's the fascinating thing. And these details of dynamics to carve them out that is something that if you play possibly a bit slower you can get more out of it but that again is a matter of taste really. I watched some of your videos online and I'll put links to them in the show notes and one of the things that amazed me was that you had a room full of, of students whom I, I was assuming were, were fairly new to it and it was beautiful music. Beginners were making beautiful music together. How did this happen? Yeah, that's that's been kind of a breakthrough. Um, and I really think it helped getting so many people all over the world excited to try out the instrument. It, it was made possible by an, an instrument that was created um, that's based on theremin technology called a theremini. And um, that not only allowed to put more than one theremin next to each other, so we always teach in classes of 10, we make a circle of 10 theremins. Usually um, theremin prototypes, they interfere with each other. So you cannot really do this, but these instruments have specifically weak capacitors. And then they have the capacity to combine digital technology with the original theremin technology in so far that you can set the range of the of the keys of the root note and uh, of the scales so suddenly you can have 10 people playing in the same setting that that's set on a specific scale filtering out the wrong notes and we all actually can experience not only playing the theremin for the first time but also playing suddenly with other people together and learning how to listen and learning how to interact and all of them facing the same challenge. So that is a very healthy experience that gets most people really excited. And um, that's been the curriculum and concept that I developed with this uh, Kid Cool Theremin School too. Uh, and it was made possible by this instrument. So you probably saw an excerpt of that. And once you have this experience also of the 
because when you start playing the theremin, it's really hard to make it sound beautiful and it's so difficult to control it, really hard. And so a lot of people, they get excited originally and then they just lose heart along the way. And so with some of these instruments, you kind of, yeah, you have the bridge as said before. You can pick a song you like and find the right scale and play along. But then if you really, you know, dive deeper, then you can, of course, take these things off and go to the original setting. And But it, it kind of lures you in and gives you a little bit of a result and less frustration and a good starting point. Okay, so, so that's called a theremini? That's a, yeah, it's a Moog music theremini. And okay. it's... um. It's it's quite affordable, and um, but of course the thing is um, the volume response is maybe not as high quality as other instruments um, uh, on the market that are more expensive. But it's it, it can be potentially a good starting instrument. And what are the other kinds of of instruments? I I learned recently that uh, good vibrations wasn't an actual theremin; it was an electro theremin. What what are what are the different types? Yeah, well, we don't have too many um, prototypes on the market to choose from in comparison with other instruments yet. I think uh, the Beach Boys, they used the tenor. It was a special device um, where you actually would slide your finger along a board and they would mark the notes. And that makes it wonderfully easy. There has been, in America, there's been literally just one company producing different famine types, which has been Moog Music. There's also another small company in uh, on the West Coast but other than that, it's very difficult to um, to get prototypes. The old original ones, they're very few and they're very expensive and they need to be fixed. I do, there has been just um, a new release on the market called the Clara Vox. That is uh, the best prototype I've ever encountered. So I think we're working towards higher quality mm-hmm. instruments being available which will make a difference in also producing better player and then along with that hopefully better, um, more repertoire and more presence of the instrument in classical and popular music. But it's still quite a long journey. Another question I had from watching your videos, you have one where you're with the Hadron Collider and another (laughs) one where you're out in a beautiful wooded setting. Does the environment make a difference to the sound? Yes, it does, which is quite interesting and unusual for a music instrument. The theremin is very responsive. For instance, um, it can interfere with, you know, a lot of concert halls, for instance, have um, sound systems for hearing aids, um, Mm -hmm. which are also based on electromagnetic fields that can certainly interfere Positioning the theremin, if you are in a venue with strong light circuits, that can also very much interfere, unfortunately. And if you're outside, that's very interesting. I've had this happen a few times. Strong wind can also interfere and make, you know, make the pitch kind of uh, influence the pitch. So you asked me about also playing at CERN, the Hadron Collider. It was very exciting for me to to you know bring the theremin that's based on electromagnetic fields 
to one of the biggest scientific institutions like CERN, where they also their, their research is based on the electromagnetic fields of the Earth. And so to, to combine these fields and, and bring them together seemed to me very exciting opportunity. Yes, and appropriate. I think so. We'll talk more with Dorit Chrysler about her teaching and the exciting ways she's using the theremin after the break. Before we get back to the program, I just want to take a moment to welcome new listeners and followers and thank those of you supporting us at patreon.com slash alwayswanted. I'm really glad you're here, and I want to get to know you better. If you have any questions or comments about the show, please email me at liz at lizsumner.com or message me on Facebook or Instagram. If you like what you hear, please share it with your friends and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. If you have time for a five-question survey, I'd really appreciate your answers. You'll find it at lizsumner.com survey. Let me know when you filled it out, and I'll send you a coupon code for a free copy of my online course, Eight Steps to Launch Your Dream Life. Thank you so much for listening. Here's the rest of the interview. What else are you working on? What's your next challenge? Mm-hmm. Well, I like challenge, and I like good challenge. And it's interesting for me to bring the theremin in different settings that are very established to to also help the instrument gaining ground. My favorite thing to do with the theremin is composing film soundtracks. Um, mm-hmm. Because I think for me as a composer, because the theremin has a very expressive, emotional potential, especially if you put many layers of the harmonies on top of each other. And I do think specifically in composition, the theremin still is being used below its potential of, you know, using it as a melodic solo instrument. Um, but there's so much more you can do. It's it's microtonal and you you can create these abstract sound pastures but you can also be very precise and melodic. So for me, um, recording soundtracks is very exciting. Other than that, I just there has just been a release of a, a Broadway musical that because of COVID was recorded as an audio version. Um, it was in the works already for many years. The theram- I played Theremin on that production. It's called uh, The Death of Mr. Delamore. I can send you the link. It's just Playbill just wrote a big article about it. So so that's bringing the Theremin in a completely new context, and it works well. I will be doing a, a Dutch dance production where I'm on stage, you know, making the music and also interacting with the dance. So that is exciting for me. And then I just got commissioned a sound piece that I will turn into video work by the MoMA in New York and um, uh, because they're showing Alexander Calder at the moment mm-hmm. and um, I want to have several Fairman instruments interact with some of his mobiles that are shown there because he wanted his you know he wanted his sculptures to move and to be alive and so they can play the Fairman and then to see what happens when those two 
entities that were kind of created at the same time, the result and then documented and then make a piece out of it. So, so oh, I'm that very, very excited. So, so you can see, I'm, I'm trying to really, there's so many possibilities of different, and that's the exciting thing about the family because it still hasn't found its set form. And so to experiment and see all these different interactions with other mediums or art forms, uh, how to fare, that's, that's interesting for me. That sounds very intriguing. I, I would love to have links about that. Do you have live classes going on anytime soon? Well, you know, the COVID era, for me, it was impossible to imagine to teach not with um, people in the room, you know, to really experience and for people especially to try out a famine. So, but the the concept of uh, online classes has worked not so bad because if people have already an instrument. Mm -hmm. So that... Um, I do see I'm currently um, based in Berlin, but often in New York. Um, so I would think that um, we start again some online and on-site classes in the fall, depending on what the situation and possibilities are. But um, it's very, I'm very grateful that there really is a great demand um, for people wanting to explore this instrument. That makes me really happy and I hope, and I am also enjoying teaching children because I think it's an instrument that lends itself in today's era, mm. with the, you know, interface, iPad, um, and they're, you know, they're, for them it's very natural to, to, to the concept of interface and, and, and the, and the, the concept of their own body producing sound and how that is very free and loose and opens up the imagination, I think is um, very healthy and, and can be very educational. And I do want new generations, you know, to be familiar with the vocabulary of electronic music and uh, musical experimentation and also the, the kind of open concept to it. So you can practice and zoom in and work on melodies, but you also should be very fearless and there's no right or wrong. And the theremin has this kind of openness. And At different times in my life, I have gone online to try to find a theremin that I could buy. And I see things that are, are like lesser versions of them. Are, are there any particular kinds to avoid? I mean, I, I don't want to, to get some sort of cheesy thing that pretends it's a theremin, but, it, but really isn't. Well, there are some theremin instruments, some very cheap models that just have a, a pitch antenna. So you can only play the pitch and if you don't have a volume antenna and the pitch antenna, you cannot really um, sculpt the sinus note in the air and be musical. So I definitely recommend a theremin of yeah that has that level. I mean, there's really not so much to choose from. I would just choose an Etherwave. Uh, yeah, the Moog Music Company has theremins in all these different price levels and to maybe start there of what you think 
there's no other real mass productions of theremin instruments. And if you have a customized theremin at a higher cost, as a beginner, you maybe want to first start with more affordable instrument and then if you really get somewhere you can dive into that then it's maybe made to your specifications so i would just say that either the basic ether wave mock ether wave theremin or the theremini um are good starters instrument and you can get those used online hmm, okay. um a lot of times people really think their instruments are broken because they just um have never cracked the concept of how to calibrate it correctly so um these instruments should be pretty solid and working it's also important to understand that if you have a theremin you also need to have an amplifier to properly hear yourself it doesn't have to be loud but, you know, it's not an acoustic instrument. You need to set it up correctly to start really getting somewhere. And it has the same kinds of inputs as a guitar or, or yes. something like that? So, okay. Yes, it works on that same principle. You put in a quarter-inch cable like a guitar and you need mm -hmm. to have amplification like with a guitar, exactly. Yes. Okay, good. What resources can you recommend for people who would like to know more? Well, I would uh, steer them towards the New York Society.org. If you get on their mailing list, you will always get information about workshops all over the world, online or offline, their articles, and um, also different links to other platforms in this Theremin world which is a blog. Um, in the last 10, 20 years, there were some very specific electronic um, blogs, but um, now there are several Theremin Facebook groups mm. in different... Uh, well, there's New York Theremin Society on Facebook, but there's also, I think, a French group, and then there's one specifically for Thereminis. So if you just Google, then you can have a look and see what it fits. But the Fairman Society is a very good international society community platform that, you know, can keep you informed about what's going on. So I recommend enrolling in that. For instruments, I would go look at Moog Music and see what different prototypes they have until hopefully there will be more companies producing more instruments. But the instruments are pretty high quality. Anything you'd like to say in conclusion? I thank you for the opportunity to talk about the theremin. And I'm so happy that there's a growing interest. I, I recommend a listening experience that is a publication also by the New York Theremin Society last year was the centennial of the instrument and um, so we produced a record that collected well we had a call an uh, international call for theremin submissions and it was absolutely stunning and overwhelming that there were so many people in all corners of the world dedicating themselves with so much passion to this instrument and how versatile the instrument really can be, that was a big surprise. So I helped select and produce three and a half hours of original compositions of the theremin. 50 thereminists of 17 countries submitting 
contributions from very professional classical players to pop angles to very experimental hobbyists. But so just when you listen to this with, with joy and, you know, you just get an overview of, 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 the, of the spectrum of where we wanted to deliver a snapshot of 100 years have passed of this young instrument. Where's the instrument now? And so this um, compilation is called Theremin 100. You can find it um, on Bandcamp on the New York Fairman Society, or you can find it on the newyorkfairmansociety.org. So, yeah, I recommend that as an inspiration to dive through all the different styles that this instrument has to offer. It's a fun listen. I will put the link to that in, in the show notes as well. I thank you so much. This has been a lifelong dream, and I will get myself an opportunity to, to play one. I don't know that I'll ever be any good at it, but I definitely want to try. My thanks to Dorit Chrysler. You can find out more about her and her work in the show notes. I invite everyone to write and tell me what you've always wanted to try. I'm Liz Sumner, reminding you to be bold, and thanks for listening.